You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Tonight, I want to tell you a story, um, a story about a young girl, a young American girl who grew up in a typical Midwestern town, in a typical Midwestern house, in a typical Midwestern state, surrounded by cornfields and lots of wide open spaces. She grew up in all the necessary, with all the necessary tools to live a very uncomplicated Midwestern life, with plenty of room to run free and be content. However, this young girl grew up very discontented, for she possessed a gleam of the world in her eye. She was eager and bright-eyed and ready to explore and to discover every inch that the big, wide world had to offer. And in her quest to explore everything and conquer the world, she embarked upon a very important journey. And at the time she began her journey, little did she know that it was going to be one of the most formative experiences of her life. No, for when we are young, we rarely think with such clarity or perspective. Nonetheless, at the age of 23, this young lady hopped on a plane and flew solo for the first time to her new temporary home across the ocean to live in a country from her initial thoughts not terribly unlike her own. But as time began to pass by, she grew to realize just how different it truly was. Of course, there were the expected immediate differences, Uh, the ancient architecture providing this romantic atmosphere and backdrop to her everyday activities. Great place, France, all these romantic uh, scenery. The sounds of different language tickling her enthusiastic ears and the sirens of different police cars piercing the much less hurried streets. The smells of a million patisseries clogging her nostrils with the sweet and savory scents of breads and chocolates and innumerable various a variety of sweet things to enjoy at all times of the day. The taste of the perfect pain au chocolat or the tasse de chocolat chaud épais, which is a thick, creamy hot chocolate on which I was all too willing to indulge all the time. The feel of smooth marble under her fingertips as she descends yet another spiral staircase and yet another chateau. What splendor filled her senses at every turn, numbing the differences, making this experience feel like a dream or a fantasy. But fantasies are just that. They're a fantasy. Decadence to fill the senses and the imagination. And so, as all fantasies do this fantasy began to fade. In all honesty, it is quite unclear when that glass ceiling shattered and she realized she was no longer this long-lost French princess living in a modern French society. It very well might have been the overwhelming odor of urine in the subways. In France, unfortunately, this is a common part of their culture and unfortunately, public urination will cause no alarm for anyone. Although... It could have been the gelatinous look of foie gras as it jiggles a hello from the plate. I mean, that fatty goose liver was not a customary part of her all-too-comfortable American diet, nor is it still. 
Or it might have been the smell of sweaty strangers dominating your bubble on a crowded metro ride packed shoulder to shoulder, or rather, in this young girl's case, armpit to armpit, as the whole lot of us gripped whatever was within reach to keep us from falling on each other as we swerve from side to side on the roller coaster ride that is known as underground transportation. Whatever the initial cause, the fantasy world ended, the honeymoon was over, and this young American girl found herself living alone in a foreign country with no friends. A solitary existence is not a part of God's plan, but thank God for his presence and the fellowship of the church body across the world. And thank God for an American missionary who befriended and taught and loved and cared for this young American girl living alone in another country. Thank God for their constant contact because they also knew all too well how hard it was to assimilate into another culture. A culture where you were the foreigner. And foreigners are strange. They are unusual. They are surprising They're contradictory to our culture, to our set customs, and our ways of doing things. In French, I find it amusing that the word for foreign and the word for strange are exactly the same. Etranger. For four months, this young girl walked and talked and ate and breathed and slept and studied, wanting so badly to assimilate and understand the ways and the customs of the culture she was in, not realizing by doing this she was actually laying down her own culture and customs that were ingrained in her since birth. But that was the cost of fulfilling this dream. And as the year marched on without any new friends in this new country, she began to wonder if this dream was worth it. And at Christmas time, she breathed a sigh of relief as she hopped on a plane and went back to normalcy. She returned to a mother and a father. She returned to friends and a church family that was familiar. She returned to English and American cuisine, which includes excessive portion sizes and crowded streets. And she was looked at as if she were strange when she wanted to walk from the mall across the street to a restaurant. We just don't do that here, they said. But that's what she did now. Now that she had become accustomed to small roads and large sidewalks, And as her time in the States passed, she began to realize how she had truly begun to change. And by the end of her break, she was eager to jump back on that plane and return to normal. How strange that felt. Wasn't America the norm? Excuse me, I knew it was going to happen at one time. Anytime I speak, I just, my whole mouth goes dry. And as she returned to her journey... She began to seek out versus just observe. She began to talk versus just listen. And she began to be involved in activities and events versus just hearing about them and passing by. She decided to live and interact, not just by a be a bystander and allow this opportunity and this adventure to happen to her. But then something new happened. As she began to interact with more people, she was amazed by the amount of people who didn't want to interact with her. Even though she had begun to change her dress, she was living in Europe after all, no better place for fashion, and even though she was often mistaken for a French woman, maybe because of her modesty and affinity for wearing skirts, 
But a quick bonjour or salut immediately gave her true identity away. Foreigner, stranger, avoid her. Don't engage her. She won't understand. She won't understand the language, the culture, the customs. She won't understand our way of doing things. Even if she understands what we're saying, she won't be able to really communicate back with us. So why try? Why engage? Why make the effort when it's just as easy for me to go home to my family, my friends, my comfortable life? The most hurtful experience came from where most hurtful experiences can come from. It came from a place where she expected to feel safe, a place she expected would accept her despite her strangeness. And the ever-so-kind missionary had made arrangements for her to go on a youth trip to Alsace. And even though she was the only youth-aged person in this small congregation where she was currently at, and even though she was American and not French, he knew, the missionary knew, that she was willing to conquer this adventure as well. And so he made the arrangements for her to go on this youth trip with all of these French youth. What an exciting time. Finally, she thought, I will make a new French friend. Mind you, she had already been living in France for seven months at this point. And as she made her way to the meeting point, practicing conversations in her head and teeming with anticipation of being in the middle of a group of Christians, knowing that surely here she will find the solution and she will find acceptance. She will find a friend who can help her survive in this new strange land she had chosen to be a part of. And as she stood there with everyone else around her, no one approached her. No one asked her who she was. No one talked to her. So finally, gathering up her courage, a foreigner in a group of people who had known each other for quite some time, she walked up to someone and introduced herself. Bonjour, she uttered. And the young lady to whom she was speaking looked at her immediately and said, American? And I said, oui. She replied a bit inquisitively, not quite understanding how quickly her accent gave her away or why it mattered at all. The young lady looked up and down and replied with a quick bonjour, then turned around and walked away. What had she done? What had she said? Did she not say the right words? Was she too formal? Did her breast smell bad? A million questions ran through her mind as she tried to make sense of this strange behavior, but she found no answers in her thoughts and was left wondering why. Why didn't this young lady want to speak with her in return? And if you haven't already realized, as the pictures have indicated, this is my story. My journey into understanding another culture, into understanding what it truly means to be a foreigner. My journey to France in 2008 and 2009 afforded me the rare privilege and burden of being keenly aware of those around me who have also been in similar situations. Suffice it to say, I did end up finding a friend on that trip, and we still talk to this day, and I have many more friends from that group, but she befriended me because she had at once been in my shoes as a foreigner, a French woman in America learning English, and she understood the struggle I was going through, and when I asked her her perspective of why this girl would not talk with me, she explained that it came from a place of fear. Me, being the foreigner in that situation, I was stunned. 
I thought the fear was on my end. I was, after all, a foreigner, a stranger in this country, out of my element, in an unknown situation with a group of people that all know each other, in an unknown culture. But as this girl explained to me, and as I have, ex- have since explained to others, even when you are in the comfortable position, or even though we are the Americans in the comfortable culture that we know, a stranger is still pushing you out of your comfort zone. Just as you are foreign to them, they are foreign to you as well. And when you meet a foreigner, you don't know if they're going to speak the language well enough to be understood, or even if they speak English. Sometimes it's heavily accented and difficult to understand to the point you think they're speaking a different language. I've laughed many times at people that say, hey, they don't speak English. Well, I'm like, their native language is English. It's just accented. And so it sounds different, almost unlike our own. So how was their cultural upbringing different from hers to make her and your interactions feel so foreign? Everything about them is different than you, and that can be intimidating. I do understand. But I also know from my own personal experiences that avoiding the situation and that person because they're difficult to understand or talk to or engage with is not what we are called to do, and it is very hurtful. But thank God, once again, for his mercy, for his goodness. He works all things, good and bad, together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. And it is through this experience and my love for the foreigner that I have found myself involved now in multicultural ministry. So what is multicultural ministry? Well, it can be defined as the coexistence of diverse cultures, with culture being manifested through customary behaviors, cultural assumptions and values, patterns of thinking, and communicative style. In less academic words, it is to say that we accept and integrate people of different cultures and backgrounds that are different from our typical Midwestern culture. We accept someone from Africa who demonstrates their worship through group dance and waving of hankies. We accept an Asian believer who is a bit more reserved and formal, choosing rather to greet through a bow or a handshake versus a hug. We're very huggy people. In terms of multicultural ministry, it is many things, but there are many things that it is not. Multicultural ministry is not solely Spanish ministry. It is not solely African immigrant ministry, nor is it solely deaf ministry although all of these are a very big part of multiculturalism. But multicultural ministry is the integrating of people of all cultures into the kingdom of God. Their worship, their greetings, their thought processes may look different than what we have been raised to believe is proper church etiquette, but we allow God to work in us to understand that A lot of church etiquette can sometimes be developed or man-made and not kingdom-based. And we want to operate at all levels of the church with a kingdom mindset. So, why is it so important in our church? Well, number one, it is biblical. Let's look at the day of Pentecost. In Acts 2, it reads, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a, a sound from heaven 
like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this point, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in our own native language, Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, all these other places in Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God and all were amazed and perplexed saying one to another, what does this mean? And it goes on to say, even in Acts um, chapter 2, we can all quote Acts chapter 2, 38, and we can even quote 39, but 39 specifically says, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, even everyone whom the Lord our God calls. And it goes on to talk about 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. And this is the very definition of multicultural ministry. Many men from all over the world in Jerusalem, right? We read all of those fancy places, which we're not going to read again. Jerusalem was an international destination, trade, culture, religion, worship, much like we see in the U.S. today. Many cultures converging into one place, and they found everything common, meaning they don't, they didn't allow their different cultures and languages to be barriers, to keep them isolated. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was for everyone. And it wasn't just for the Galileans. It was for everyone. International revival sparked from one location. And that's what multicultural ministry is. But not only is it the model we witness from the first church in the book of Acts, but multiculturalism is a reflection of heaven itself. Listen to John's Revelation, chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. After this I looked and beheld a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out in a loud voice, salvation to our God who sits on the throne. If our worship is meant to bring heaven down to earth, if our prayers are meant to activate God's kingdom on this earth, why then would we not strive to reflect God's kingdom in the face of our assembly? Multiculturalism is the heartbeat of God. It's evident all throughout Scripture. The work that Christ completed on the cross was for all. All is not Midwest America. All includes Latin America, Southeast Asia, China, Mongolia. It includes Egypt and the Middle East. It includes the war-torn countries of Central Africa. All includes each unique tradition of Europe. We don't get to decide Because God already did that for us. And he decided on all. And he wants to share this truth-saving message with all. Now, some of you may be thinking to yourselves, Stephanie, what you speak of, we believe wholeheartedly. But isn't that the role of a global missionary? And most certainly it is. But let me lend some perspective about our small yet extremely diverse city of Cincinnati. 
Cincinnati is a town of immigrants. Always has been, and Lord willing, always will be. That's the heritage of Cincinnati, and it's important to the people of Cincinnati, and furthermore, to the leadership of this city as well. Beginning in the 1830s, German immigrants began settling in Cincinnati. So many immigrants lived and worked here, actually, that we even have a section of our city named still today after their influence, and that's over the Rhine region, now dubbed OTR, because we're so cool, right? The German immigrants lived north of the river, but worked on the riverbank. So as they were returning home each night, they would cross the Miami Erie Canal, buried now by the Central Parkway, little Cincinnati geography lesson for you. And as they missed their fatherland, or Deutschland, they began to refer to the crossing of this canal as going over the Rhine, which is a river that runs through Germany. And it stuck. Everyone started calling that region over the Rhine because of the German immigrants that lived there. There were so many. But even before the great migration of German immigrants, we had many nationalities represented. And before the boom of the growth in Cincinnati, one of the first people to make a mark in Cincinnati was a French pastry chef and hairdresser. Those two go well together, I guess. That's right. French influences can be found all over Cincinnati as well. I've got more influences of the French if you'd like to sit down and have a chat. Also some really great French restaurants if you'd like to go for a taste. In an article from the Cincinnati Inquirer published on February 6, 2019, Cincinnati was ranked as one of the most immigrant-friendly cities in the United States. Not in Ohio. People... This is the United States of America, the whole nation. We were ranked number 18. They did a later update in 2019 where we moved up to number 15. I was looking for some more modern stats, but I don't know that they did this same survey in 2020 because I couldn't find them. (laughs) But our very own Cincinnati USA Regional Chamber was applauded by the New York Coalition who did this nationwide evaluation in 2019 for our efforts to not only attract but to also retain foreign-born talent. And then they also go into how much it has impacted our economy for the better. On a more localized scale, and please keep in mind, my stats are a few years old, but from the 2019 data, we are the top major city in Ohio and the third highest scoring in all of the Midwest for immigrants. And at this time, in 2019, we were also ranked number eight on a list of the best U.S. cities for immigrants seeking citizenship. Today, if you go downtown, you will see a mosaic of nationalities. And part of the reason we have this diversity is because we're seeking it out. We have a dynamic sister city organization that helps us internationally partner with cities and countries around the world, inviting citizens of those countries to come here to Cincinnati and sending our citizens to work and study there. And it's through this type of diversity that cities can thrive. And our sister cities include um, cities from China, France, Germany, India, Japan, Taiwan, Ukraine, Zimbabwe, and Jordan. If you think that we have no international influence, I'm sorry, but we do. Do you think that we are living in a typical Midwest city? No. What an opportunity that God has provided us with right here 
in our very own hometown to reach those of other nations and to make TCC a multicultural church, not only by sending out missionaries into other parts of the world, but by being the missionary right where you are, still getting to enjoy our American cuisine and our English language. What a profound privilege and opportunity that has been handed to each of us. And I understand it's not without its challenges. It will change us. Integrating those from different cultures isn't easy because it's challenging for us, but we must be patient and loving and tolerant of differences, discerning. Do you not like something different that they do because it's against the word of God? Or is it just because it's against your culture? We must, as our core value state, connect and care, communicate and celebrate. It's more than just a hello. Invite your new friends to be a part of your life group. This is a great way to get them connected. Invite them out to dinner with your family. Hang out at a park together on a Saturday. Go walk your dogs together. Go to their kids' elementary school play or call or text them when they aren't here. Make them a meal when they are sick. I know we can build up in our minds that they have a different cuisine, but I'm just saying when you're sick with COVID or you've just had a baby, American food, I'm sure, will be just fine. It's true. We must not get caught up in our differences, but rather understand our similarities. And our similarities are that we are all members of one body, and we help each other out when we're hurting or in need, and we all have a need to be loved and accepted by others. And we make those of a different culture feel like they are one of us because they are. We are all the body of Christ. So I know there are many challenges presented, but I also know that God has called us to this. He has equipped us with the resources, and he is drawing. We have international people and immigrants, naturalized citizens here, visiting our church every week, even amidst COVID. And it is such a joy, at least for me, to always be able to say, hey, we have a new nationality to add. It's, I just met this person from Cameroon or, uh, you know, El Salvador, it's always so fascinating. God is drawing, and we must be ready, and we must be intentional. So how do we get there? How do we begin? Well, we must overcome our fears and our intimidations. It's something that we're going to have to to work on individually. From my experience, most immigrants who visit us speak English as their first language, maybe accented, But who doesn't enjoy a good accent? I do. I love accents. Or they speak it as a second language. However, our Spanish-speaking ministry is growing, and we do have various French-speaking-only members also. And we are so tremendously blessed to offer in Cincinnati, Ohio, not just Spanish interpretation, but French interpretation and ASL interpretation every week as well. And as we continue to be intentional, I know God will continue to grow us in this area. But even with a language barrier, a hug, not right now, but a hug, a handshake, a smile, they go a long way. Or, you know, the COVID elbow bump, you know. A prayer works in any language. A hand on the back and a prayer in English can be just as powerful as a prayer in Spanish or French. If you don't speak their language, you can still pray for them because God understands. We must let down our defenses and our own prejudices, and we must practice being open-minded. Open-mindedness, I think, sometimes is a taboo word in our American culture today. We often use it in regard to politics or contrary political viewpoints, and we shy away from the term, but it's not a bad word, nor a bad concept. 
working with various cultures and traveling has made me very open-minded in terms of how we communicate and how we greet others, food choices, clothing choices. Believe it or not, I used to be a very picky eater. I wouldn't eat anything green, but God has delivered me. (laughs) It's true. It helps me to be empathetic, and that is based out of the love of God for others. But above all, we must have a willingness to learn, to learn about their culture. Let them tell you about home, and I trust me, you'll light up their day, okay? You'll see them just illuminate as they explain their culture, and you will feel it as your heart starts to bind to theirs, because even though we may have different languages and different processes and different culture, we're all humans looking to be loved and accepted, and by showing interest in them and their upbringing and their culture, you are showing them love, and no soul can be one to Christ without love. The truth of the matter is this, being multicultural means being a global missionary on domestic soil. The world is coming to us, coming to us. The stage is being prepped in the United States, in Cincinnati, in Springdale for a global revival. You may not realize this, but our little area has consistently ranked among the most diverse regions in Ohio. Currently, according to 2021 stats, which I did find, Springdale is number two, and Forest Park, which is right next door, is ranked number six, with six other cities in our region ranked in the top 50 diverse cities in the state of Ohio, the most diverse cities in the state of Ohio. We have, what is that, eight cities within our area ranked within the top 50 most diverse cities in the state. And I'd also like to just point out that that diversity is not just a Latin American representation, as many may believe. It is a true global diversity. The world is, our, is on our doorstep, literally. It is our neighbors, our colleagues, our service providers. I believe I asked once a couple months ago, how many of you work with someone that is an immigrant? And many of you raised your hands. We are called to participate in that global revival right here, right now. But we can only see that type of revival with these methods. We must step outside of our cookie-cutter boxes and think like a global missionary. Our church must become a world evangelism center here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mission, the mission statement of the UPCI is the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. This isn't just for Trisha Ball or Jenny Fulmer or the McGay Hayes. It means all of us taking the gospel to all the world. And how are we involved in that? I know missionaries have this awesome remark, which I entirely believe, and I support missionaries around the world by giving because of this statement, but I have often heard, not everyone is called to go, but we can all go by giving. And that is true. I believe that we should support our missionaries, but we can also physically go. We can go up to the Congolese woman in the grocery store and make a connection that closes the gap between the U.S. and Congo. I believe that we can pray for our Vietnamese friends or our Nepali neighbors and businessmen. Did you know that currently, I just found this statistic out here recently because I just met a Nepalese, Nepali, somebody's going to correct me at some point, Nepali man at a store, and he was like, yeah, we've got a huge immigration, like a huge group of immigrants here, and I'm like, really? So I looked into it, and it is one of the largest group of immigrants in the Cincinnati region at this point, is the Nepalese uh, immigrants. I was astounded. I believe. Yes. 
that we can extend a hand to our Indian neighbors in Westchester or our Latin American friends. I believe we can invite them for a meal. There is not one culture out there that doesn't bond over food, even Americans. Food is very important to us all. We get to be global missionaries on American soil, and by doing this, we are going. And this is an epic opportunity. So, for app time, I have two different thoughts. Number one, I challenge you to think, when was the last time you connected, truly connected, with someone of a different culture? And I'm not just saying a hello in passing, but having a meal with them or going out to the park with them or inviting their family over uh, for a time of connection. The second question is, in what ways are you challenged to get involved in multicultural ministry or are you already involved in multicultural ministry? So uh, you've got a few minutes to kind of find a partner and discuss these. We can come back together with that thought. I hope you all had something great to discuss. My constant prayer for TCC has been that we would embrace the idea of and strive to be a church that reflects the throne room of heaven, a multi-ethnic church full of people from every race, every tribe, every tongue, and every creed that his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I challenge you, I challenge me tonight to have an honest moment with yourself, to seek God about ways to incorporate this ministry into your everyday. It is an everyday thing to be intentional. Challenge yourself to find a face, even here on campus, that you don't recognize versus chatting with an old friend. I encourage you to take the time and pray with a person from another culture at the altar. I encourage you to invite someone from another culture out for Sunday dinner with your family. This weekend is All Nations Sunday. It's an easy invite. Come experience the various cultures at our church. This is a great open door for you to ask, hey, what's your culture? What makes, where are you from? And then that gives you a moment to stop and assess and say, what makes us similar despite our different backgrounds? And how can I connect with this person deeper versus avoiding what may seem like a challenging situation sometimes? Get to know that family. You know, the one that the Lord has put on your heart. That couple, that individual. Care for them. Connect with them. Celebrate that with them. I will say, I am so humbled and grateful to serve in this church 
in this capacity of multicultural ministries. And I'm so thankful for pastors and a pastoral team that see the need and opportunity present in our community and who feel the burden to reach out and welcome with open arms. All nationalities, all races. As I mentioned before, it is the example we see in the Bible. Heaven is going to be a beautiful place a colorful place, a diverse, multicultural place. And I'm so thankful for leadership that feel the burden to reflect that reality here at TCC and within the Cincinnati region. We are truly blessed. And I am also grateful for all of you. I have witnessed as our church has continued to grow in diversity and how we have welcomed everyone with open arms. I know that it is challenging to overcome that fear and intimidation. But I have seen us do it, and am so proud of how we as a church, a multicultural congregation, I also know we must continue to be intentional. And I know that we can feel challenged sometimes. So I want to, before I invite Sister Kristen to come back up, I want to pray with us this evening that God would continue to give us the courage to let down our guard and continue to be the welcoming church that we are and that God has intended us for for us to be. So will you stand with me for this moment um, in a posture of prayer and just ask God to help us with this thought tonight to be intentional, um, to reach out to people of different cultures and to even people with, of different cultures here in this church to really help them feel a part of who we are. Lord, I thank you, God, for this opportunity, God. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to see the church from your eyes, God, that we have this awesome opportunity here at Calvary, Lord, to reflect you, God, and to reflect the the heartbeat of heaven, the heartbeat of God, Lord, in this church, God. Help us to overcome our own fears, God, our own intimidations, Jesus. Give us courage and, God, a boldness to do the hard work of reaching out, extending a hand, God, learning, discerning, God, understanding a different accent or a different language. God, I pray that, Lord, as you give us this passion for the lost, God, that you would make it a passion for the lost for all nations, God. Let there be no differentiation for us because there is none for you, Lord, God. I pray you give us a global heartbeat in that the desire to work towards global missions locally. Help us, God, to be the missionaries that go, that go into the grocery stores, into the banks, the shopping malls, God, that not just acknowledge and accept the foreigner, but God, integrate them into our body through friendship and relationship. God, help us to have this cultural sensitivity and awareness of the diversity around us, God, to embrace that diversity and not run from it, God. Help us to show your love, God, to be inclusive. And we thank you for such an awesome privilege, God, of being a part of a global revival, God, in a domestic location. God, help us, God, to pursue it with all due diligence, Lord. And Lord, I also want to take the time to pray over All Nations Sunday, God. This is such a great impact on our community, God, a great event that draws so many, God. And I pray that you would anoint this day, Jesus, that you would help us, Lord, as we as Americans experience the diversity. But God, it is such an important part of our our service, God, as international members and attenders have the opportunity, God, to share with us their culture, God. I pray that you bless this day. Bless every guest, the Lord, that comes through this building, God. And we pray that you would give us wisdom and direction, God, as we continue to reach and continue to assimilate these diverse cultures into the Calvary Church. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, 
please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.